0: You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports. Talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday.
1: On today's installment of the College Loop, we've got an exclusive interview with Auburn walk-on wide receiver Jay Cruzy. We've got talk about if Shedrick Jackson is an NFL wide receiver, men's basketball potential transfer targets, women's basketball's roster realignment, baseball with a bounce-back win in a must-win series over Georgia this weekend, and softball taking on Mizzou and what they hope is another bounce-back. All this and more right here on the College Loop. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. This one's a fun one. Hey, you know what to do, you're you know who's right. 19,
0: 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark.
1: It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit.
2: Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify with Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com podcasters to get started what's up everybody welcome back to the college loop podcast episode 39 of the college loop podcast the dylan brooks episode if you will i'm your host dylan lark at your boy the tank on twitter and i am once again joined by harrison tar and daniel Locke is back on the show as well we got a full house for the first time in like a week how y'all boys doing
1: daniel not all at once couldn't here. be better <laughs> i'm i'm <laughs> great. Be better and I'm, I'm really, really stoked. We got a super fun interview with walk-on, uh, Auburn walk-on wide receiver, Jake Kruse, friend of the program now and friend of Daniel Locke for a long period of time. Let's not waste any time. We're going to jump straight into that interview. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about, folks, is Shedrick Jackson an NFL wide receiver? You're going to want to listen to the rest of this episode. We'll give you our thoughts. Right now, an exclusive interview with Auburn walk-on wide receiver, Jake Kruse. And
3: welcome back into the College Loop podcast. It is now my pleasure to welcome on my good friend. I go way back with this guy, Jake Cruzy, walk-on receiver on the football team, number 82. Jake, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about y'all? Doing good. Thank you for coming to talk ball with us. Yes, sir. So I'm not going to waste your time. Your story is awesome. You played one year of football in high school, and now you're on an SEC West roster, which yeah. is pretty hard to even like wrap my mind around just kind of going back to that senior year at Helena, what even made you decide to play football?
0: Uh, Yeah, you're right. It kind of is crazy. Sometimes I can't even believe it myself. But, uh, I mean, I played baseball all the way throughout my high school and middle school. Never, never even thought about playing football for real. And then senior year, came around for baseball, and I just wasn't feeling it. So I was like, let's just do something different, play football. And I mean I just kind of fell in love with it. And I don't know. Somehow I'm here where I am now, but after one year, but I'll take it. So I remember yeah. that
3: first game against Dallas County, ran back to opening kickoff for a touchdown in the second half. That was electric.
0: Yeah, that was crazy. First time I ever touched the ball. Took it to the house. Nah, there ain't nothing like it. I'm not gonna lie. First but, time you uh, touched the rock, it was you went for six? Yeah, first time I touched it went went for six.
1: Yep. Unreal. That's a storybook yeah. right there, dude. Yeah, it is. I mean, I can't believe it. So Question for you. You you yeah. played when you're in high school and and and, and you said you, you, were, you weren't you weren't feeling baseball anymore. I get it. You know, sometimes you fizzle, other things happen, plenty of different uh elements go into that. Dude, you played yeah. one year of high school ball and you're like, to hell with this, I'm going to go walk on at Auburn. Like, what, what, where in the world did the confidence come from? I'm not judging it. Obviously, you're here, you're playing ball. No, I, that's a good question.
0: Uh, I, when I finished, I, we didn't even get a – we missed a few games during our season, senior year from COVID. So I didn't even play a whole season. And afterwards, I was like, I knew I wanted to go to Auburn. Like, I had some little small schools reach out. And I just was—I always knew I wanted to go Auburn. So once I got here, I just started looking into like the walk-on process, how to do it. And I—I I didn't know anybody, I didn't have any connections or anything. I just heard that there was a, a tryout, and so I basically just—I trained for months up until the tryout. The tryout was in January or February or something, right before spring ball last year, and got there and. Apparently, I did go to the trial, and here I am now, so, but yeah.
1: So, so you just kind of got word on the street, and that's how you wound up falling into into the- Yeah,
0: basically, I, I ended up uh, texting a few people, trying to figure out, like, who I need to get in contact with. They put me in contact with somebody, and uh, he just told me when the trial date was, and so then I just showed up. That's basically yeah. what happened.
1: So. showed up and strap them on i love it man that's 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 pretty damn cool and and yeah. daniel daniel's right you know that's like not normal like that's cool i man. know yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in yeah. the best way like that that's 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 no yeah for sure. Show. for sure when for daniel sure. told us about about you we were like i need to fact check you real quick bro there ain't no way <laughs> uh, yeah. i believe you dill go ahead man all
2: right so how did it feel whenever you made the roster so, so i and you're going into you were you was it class of 2021, correct, or 22? Oh, uh, yeah, I graduated high school 21, yep. So, how did it feel as making the team for one thing and then also, counterpoint, having to uh, get get right with a new coach?
0: Yeah, okay. So, I mean, the very – so, after the tryout, it was like they took about – they took, I want to say, six or seven of us um out of everybody, and – so you make it through the trial, but that's not even the trial for real. It was the spring training after that was is the tryout. Cause they they cut people through that. So like right now there's only four of us that made it through then. So I mean once I found out that I got through to spring training, I mean it's relief, but the work wasn't done yet. I knew I had a grind during spring training and I guess I did good enough because here we are. But so it was it was a blessing, but it wasn't over at that point. But once I found out after spring training that they was keeping us on, that's when I knew it was real and that's probably when everything hit me. It was crazy. But
1: gotta be an um, overwhelming sense of emotion for a second. They're like, holy Oh wow.
0: yeah, definitely. I remember the first the the time the right after the trials, uh, one of the, the the uh offensive coordinator last year uh, was talking to me. And I just remember afterwards a few days after the trial, I got a call and they told us it was meeting. I was so happy after that, but it was crazy.
1: Who was the first person you called? Uh, my mom, definitely my mom. Yeah, no. yeah. That's right, Daniel. Go ahead. Uh, I won't. I won't. I won't hog.
3: So everyone's seen the football facility. It's insane. What did it feel like to walk in there for the first time as a player? I mean, it was.
0: I know that all the other SEC schools have something crazy too, but I know there's just nothing like this. It's 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 crazy. I mean, going from just the one the one we had last year, I thought it was good, but nowhere even compares to this one. I mean, the first time we walked through, we had like a team tour. Everybody had their phones out, videoing everything. It was crazy running around the facility. I mean, it's huge. You could spend hours exploring it, not even across everything we got we got a barber shop in there i don't know who else got barber shops in their facility but you got
1: lined up in there yet
0: no nah, we haven't had no barbers in there yet but <laughs> i'm waiting for that day that
1: would be nice So that'll be a clutch feature it's like it's it's a football palace is what it is yeah it is it Definitely, is. <laughs> it's okay. it's unreal all right question about current ball and i know there's more walk-on questions coming your way but you're in a pretty damn competitive room right now uh, yeah, and and that, that wide receiver room is let, let's let's call a spade a spade here it's something that everyone's pretty laser focused on this, this oh, yeah. year. You, you've you got a lot of open opportunities people throwing names around uh, other names not not going to be present what is the competition like and the camaraderie like because there's that weird kind of obviously you know different perspective from from different spots within the roster but there's there's an inherent competition in that room right now, but you still have to at the end of the day you're the same team. So how does that dynamic work out?
0: Yeah, I mean everybody everybody wants to be the guy, obviously, but we all got to remember that we're brothers and we you know we're all we're all on the same team. But of course you want to beat out the guy next to you. So I mean our coaches always say you gotta you gotta compete with each other, and that's the only way that. You're going to get each other better and yourself better. So, I mean, is the room competitive? Oh, yeah, definitely. But nobody hates on each other. We all got love for each other. So, I mean, it's a good competitiveness that you got to have or else you won't. I mean, we're not going to get no good receivers. But Who's the goofiest
1: receiver? The goofiest? Yeah.
0: I got to give that to my man, Jay Fair.
1: Jay Fair, that track's so hard.
0: <laughs> Jay Fair, he, he a goofball, but he lock in, and he's he's something.
1: He's good. Yeah, he, he can play ball. We were oh, expecting yeah, big things out of Jay Fair.
0: You're going to see him this year, that's for sure.
1: Heard that. Boys, right. go ahead. I'll, I'll let you all open up.
2: So how would you compare Ike Hilliard to what Marcus Davis has brought thus far this spring?
0: That's a good question. I mean, they're different, but they're both great coaches. I mean... I was I was upset when Ike left last year. I thought they were going to keep him on. Uh everybody loved Ike. He was just a different guy. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything anybody else was doing. He, he always he always told us that he's unapologetically who he is and we all understood that. But he was he was a cool dude, but uh coach Davis, he knows what he's doing. I mean, he's young, but he played here. He knows how the SEC works. He knows what he's doing. He's a great coach. So I mean, we've assimilated some stuff from coach to coach already. But um, everybody in the room, they 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 like what Coach Dave is doing.
1: I gotta sneak coach. I gotta sneak one in real quick, Daniel, before you before you get back yeah, since, sure. since the do, the doors open about coaching changes and and this this one was coming. We're not put we're never going to put you in a, in a spot where you're pinned up against the wall, and make you make you look bad. That's not what we're here to do. Oh no, nah, yeah. What's the most challenging part about going coach to coach um, in terms of such a big, uh, drastic change? Because you you had the Harson era, and then you had the time where where it it felt like the the fan support kind of collapsed uh, with the, with Auburn football, and then you get Cadillac back, and that's such a catalyst. And 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 then you transfer into Hugh Freeze, which you know a lot of people speculate one way or another on on the personal side. Nobody doubts the dude can coach ball, right? Uh, from a philosophy standpoint, how challenging is it? That, for lack of a better term, you've had three head coaches.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is challenging. I'm not going to lie. Everybody knew it was going to happen eventually from last year. It was just a matter of time when. So everyone was kind of prepared for the moment of when it came. But, I mean, it doesn't make it easier because one of the most hardest things is, I mean, you got to learn a whole new playbook. I mean, even just the stuff like that, I mean. You learn one playbook, next coach comes in, it's a whole new offense that you gotta learn. But I mean, around the around the room, around the building, though, everyone I think everyone is good with the with the coaching change. I mean, it's challenging, but I think most people, if not all people, are supportive of it. So
1: how fun was it to play under Lack?
0: I was great. I mean, y'all see y'all everybody saw that it was a different energy. It was a different energy that everyone brought, even the fans. So it was different, but it was, it was great. It was sure. Daniel, yeah. go ahead, man. So kind of what's been your favorite thing about coach Freeze so far? Um, I think one of my favorite things is every Monday, he'd be getting us in there for team meetings. And I know that they'd be posting some stuff on the Instagram about what he says. And, Nobody in the building takes that stuff lightly. I mean, it, it makes a difference. He's always teaching us. He's not just teaching us football, but he's teaching us how to live good lives and what we need to be doing outside of football, which I think helps because he's got some good stuff to say. And I know that's not the most – that's not how everybody thinks coaching should be. But, I mean, it's going to help us play better eventually. So, I mean, him talking – he, I mean, he'd he be preaching sometimes to us, too. And, I mean, that's what – but that's what some people need to hear. And to get, like, the team spirit growing, I mean, y'all know his main thing is flipping the script. And what he says we got to do is what we got to do. So, that's one of my favorite things he'd be doing for us.
1: There's also this element of, of Hugh Freeze that he can – it seems like from the outside, and, and, and having been in press conferences with him and kind of a test – he really kind of can captivate a room. He get the guys to lock in a lot in those, in those Monday morning meetings, like people are just like all 100% in.
0: 100%. I mean, he knows when, he knows when we can crack it up and be lighthearted, but when it's time to get down to business, everybody's locked in. Nobody's like making, nobody's, nobody's out here like disrespecting him when he's got something to say. Everybody's locked in. So,
1: it's a good change. And Dylan, I'm not I know you're I know you're about to ask, but I got I got to ask an academics question real quick, because this is yeah. this is something that we saw trickle off uh, under the last administration. And that's just me calling a spade a spade. You can quote me with me on that one, Dylan. Uh, that, That's fine. Throw my throw my face up there with the graphic, my, my ugly ass. And that's fine. But how much more of an emphasis has it has it been under the freeze administration to get the job done in the classroom, too? Because it, it, it that that became a little bit of an issue. Uh, yeah.
0: He puts a huge emphasis on it. Um. He puts a huge emphasis. We got checkers and classes and he'd be checking grades and we miss, we got strategists. And if we miss strategists or class, they punish. uh, If one of our, like if one of our receivers misses a class or something, the whole room got like push ups and running after. So, I mean, it's definitely emphasized, but because of that, I can see that even in our own room, people are starting to get it together. And we always say that, it's not even an accomplishment when everybody gets to class, but that should be the standard. And that's what, that's what free's trying to set. And so he definitely puts an emphasis on it.
1: I'll tell you right now, the Auburn family and the Auburn alumni base that's donating to the program wants to hear that. So <laughs> oh, yeah. that, that's a, as, as an alumni and, and a small torsion donor myself, uh, <laughs> very small, uh, yeah. I that 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 does make make me feel good to hear it because it was a little concerning about guys just not doing well academically last year and that's yeah. not it's not good for the brand right so no it's understandable
0: yeah
2: yeah Dylan go ahead all right so what are the main differences between playing at the SEC level and playing at the high school level to, since you've uh, you're kind of young in your football playing career yeah
0: um I say there's two main big things um one outside of the game is just the time. It's a whole nother time. I mean, you gotta put hours and hours and hours every week or you won't you won't make any progress. I mean, even just outside of the mandatory stuff we got, if you're not putting any work in outside of that, you're gonna be left behind. So I mean, it's a huge time commitment, but it's worth it. But um another thing actually about the game is the speed. The speed is a whole nother level. People Welcome say to SEC. Yeah, yup, The speed is crazy. You go from high school to to SEC football, it's different. People running faster, but plays going fast, stuff's happening fast, and if you don't know what you're doing, you it's gonna be a tough day for you.
1: I get that. Daniel.
3: So who wants to ask the signature barbecue question?
1: Oh dude, that's all me. Hold on, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's all me. That's all me. All right, Jake, you a barbecue guy? I like barbecue, yeah. I don't know if that was enough emphasis, but we're gonna roll with it anyway. <laughs> what's the best? And I know, I know that you're you're only a redshirt freshman here, so so we'll cut you a little slack if it's the wrong answer. But best barbecue in Auburn. Mm. Best barbecue in Auburn. All right. Did y'all ask everybody this question. Every single yeah. one of them. This is the most important piece of journalism I've ever done. All right. Oh, I don't know. I can let you in on a secret that we've learned here in the college loop. All right, you got to get in good with Derek Hall. Oh apparently, yeah. Apparently Derek is mean on the grill.
0: Derek, Derek, no, Derek a country boy. He knows, he knows all about that. Ah, if I had to pick a place, uh I don't know. if Y'all ever eaten bow and arrow? Yeah, yeah. dude. Bow and arrow. I like. I like bow and arrow. That place is good, right there.
1: That's a that's a, that's a damn good answer. That's a completely oh. acceptable answer. Oh yeah. For, we're, we're, we're fishing for a barbecue sponsorship here on this podcast just because all I right. I really just want to be able to eat free barbecue. That's really all. <laughs> yeah. Is that too much to ask?
0: No. All right. mm-hmm.
1: We talked about the funniest dude in the wide receiver room. Who's the funniest dude on that roster last year? Last year? Or that you played with, I mean, that you got to know, even if that was in the recruiting process at Auburn or when you were, when you were getting familiar with the program, funniest dude you played with in the orange and blue? I mean, Jake
0: Ferris still got to be the funniest dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. If y'all if y'all just came and this man is different, but he's funny. Did you ever you ever catch passes from Grant Loy? I did not. No, I was I, not here for that.
1: I, I we've we've heard that Grant, I can't I can't remember how long Grant was two years ago? I uh, dating, dating myself. Yeah, I think he was a
0: year right before
1: me. Yeah, I'm dating myself now. It's okay. But yeah, we we've, we've heard he was a goofball. Um uh, apparently Coach Brahms was a nut. Uh Nick oh, yeah. was was hilarious. Uh, yeah. Chapman apparently. Uh, oh, no, Oscar
0: me. is funny. Yeah. Oscar's a funny guy.
1: To he, quote Owen Papo, Oscar Chapman yeah. I, and I quote says stuff that he, Owen Papo can't even say on the radio. <laughs>
0: yeah, probably that's probably true. Uh, yeah, Oscar's a funny guy. He's always doing something. He's always a jokester. Well, our, uh, our strength coach called him that a few weeks ago. Called him some always making jokes.
2: So.
1: Heard that, man. Well, we really appreciate you taking your time out of your day, Jake. And uh, I know that you're busy. Uh, Dylan, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? All good. We good. Yeah, we really appreciate it, man. Friend of the program. Now, welcome to come hop on, talk ball. Um, it's oh, always yeah. we we love having walk ons on because you guys get a completely different uh, different perspective. Um, yeah, than scholarship guys, and that and we don't mean I don't mean that in a grading way. It's really no, cool. Yeah. y'all stories. Like I said, when when D- Daniel was trying to explain to me how he had a buddy that played one year in high school and walked on to the uh, the football team at Auburn, I looked at him, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and and uh, it's it's really cool to get to talk to you about your story, and and we appreciate sure. your uh, your your analysis of everything going on. I'm sure we'll talk to you maybe maybe at the end of spring ball, maybe this summer. We'll we'll, we'll yeah. get there and talk, and hopefully we can do it in person next time. For and, sure. and hang out, and maybe get some some of that Derek Hall barbecue, man. See if we can try to get, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, get that going. But that uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. And uh, Dylan, we're we'll, we're gonna throw it back to ourselves, so I'll let you go ahead and do your little editor magic here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, big thank you to Jake for coming on the show, friend of the program, friend of bow and arrow, friend of barbecue, all of the fun things that we look for in a quality athlete here at the College Loop. Ton of fun. We're going to keep talking football. We teased it at the top. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Dylan's going to give us the rundown on, on what what Cheddar Jackson accomplished at, at Auburn's Pro Day real quick. I know he's got the numbers in front of him. And while he reads these numbers out, Dylan, uh, Daniel, Let's think about this today's question. Is Shedrick Jackson an NFL wide receiver? Dylan, give me his Pro Day combine, uh, combine stats.
2: All right. So he hit, he had a vertical jump of 38 and a half inches, broad jump of this one is different than what I read earlier, but 11 feet, two inches, bench 13, and he ran a 4 2 5 40.
1: That's where it really stuck out, guys. And he was he quickly captured the audience of everyone for Auburn's Pro Day, which was a little bit of a dark, dark horse surprise. And uh, kind of a, a really big showing for Shedrick Jackson. That's got the right frame. That someone Daniel. We talked about Dylan and I talked about this on the Auburn Daily Show earlier today. I want to get your thoughts. Shedrick Jackson. I feel confident that he's going to get the opportunity to participate in a preseason roster and in a and a at least first for a couple of years practice squad. If nothing else, maybe get a shot uh, in the preseason what, uh, at the National Football League level. What What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah. After that 40, I definitely think that he's shown he has the speed. Um, His hands are good. I would say his hands are good. And the build's there. So you have the ingredients for a
1: base level NFL wide receiver. So I'm with you. I think that he will get a shot. Here's my thoughts, Dylan. I know you're going to chime in here in a second because I think you're a little more critical of Shed than a lot of people. Here's my thoughts. I think that someone's going to look at Shedrick Jackson and his numbers at Auburn were not flashy. His, his, his five-year, half-decade, as, as, as you mentioned earlier, Dylan, uh, at, at Auburn was, I don't want to say forgettable, because he kind of was. I'm kind of with Daniel. He's kind of old, reliable. You could count on him for a 13, 14-yard dump-off. Uh, not, not, a, not a real deep ball threat. But I think that he's got the frame and the skill set that some NFL coach, wide receivers coach, offensive coordinator is going to look and say, I can fix him. I'm not saying he's broken. That's not what, necessarily what I'm saying, but I think that they could say they could look and say this kid could be a prototype that if we can stash away on a practice squad roster, who knows?
2: Yeah, I I have a tendency to be a little more crit- critical of him, and it's because I'm critical of every player, especially people that come in, hyped up. You know, he has some DNA that runs deep at Auburn. Uh, his uncle has a statue and a trophy and uh, a lot of other things uh, at the school. But here's the thing, <clears throat> you call him reliable. He was good for one or two catches a game, but he's also good for one or two drops a game. His hands were really inconsistent. That's probably why he was never the focal point wide receiver, except for a weird season in 2021 where he put up 527 yards and uh, his alone touchdown in his five-year career. He never saw the, He only saw the end zone once ever. Wait, uh, is that a fact?
1: Yes, Jeter yes. Jackson touchdown. only scored one career touchdown in Auburn.
2: Yeah, uh, and he has 874 yards in five seasons, averaged 13.2 yards a catch, 66 catches. I I wish that ESPN kept up with drops in college. I -hmm. would love to know those numbers because there was a lot of points where I thought something about Sal where I was like, okay, yeah, he has one catch a game. Sal had one crazy catch a game, which annoyed me because he always wastes it on the worst plays when he's not playing against Alabama or Washington or Oregon. Uh, but Shedrick, the film not there for him. The The athletic ability was on display at Pro Day, but the film is just not on his side when it comes to if, Maybe if he would have left 2021 and he competed in Pro Day for that, maybe he's a little bit more sought after. I think he's still going to be on a roster because he wore an, an Auburn logo on his helmet and he performed very well at Pro Day. So he's going to get looked at. He's going to get people talking to him. But yeah, the film – it's not on the side it may it's because he had like five different wide receiver coaches but
1: there's there's that
2: that that's what I have to look at because uh, you can't really coach hands that's kind of something that comes with a wide receiver most of the time and uh, Shedrick never really had those he was a great blocker outstanding blocker and he has this weird 425 that came out, out of freaking nowhere because uh, if you would have told me run a 425 I would have called you stupid <laughs> uh but film's out there for him
1: Dylan, I think it's very interesting that you 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 made that Sal Canera comp. Uh, Canera Canela, hello, there happy is. happy Wednesday night, Thursday morning for those of you listening. The Sal Canela comp, uh, comp, and I think I just kind of put my words before got, got put the the cart for the before the horse, if you will, because positionally not the same film. I don't necessarily know exactly the same, but I think it's kind of the same concept. A lot of coaches have looked at Sal Canela and said, "I can fix it." A, a lot of coaches at different levels, whether that be the XFL, USFL, uh, NFL. We know we got a shot with the Green Bay Packers. And and even participate in a preseason game, I think it's a similar trajectory, if that makes sense. Where there are a lot of guys like, we got to at least find out, right? You 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 got to know, and 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 I completely get it. And and obviously, I'm I'm hoping for the absolute best for Shed. If if he goes to the league and winds up being one of those guys that pulls gets up gets pulled off of a, a practice squad and winds up balling out, and making a name for himself, Auburn will celebrate him for sure. I'm just not entirely sure that he's that guy, but something worth keeping an eye on a couple other notable names at the Auburn pro day, which occurred yesterday as this show's coming out, your, your guys that got invited to the NFL combine, your own Pappos, Derek Halls, Echo Leotas really just focused on tank Bigsby's, really just focused on the interview process of today. Still there to support their teammates. I think there's a lot of traction. Those guys are kind of just shaping out where they're going to shape out now. And we'll, we'll, we'll know a little bit more as we get closer to the beginning of April, which we're almost there, but we'll have a pretty good idea, idea where these guys could be going uh, in the coming weeks, because the interview process is is an extended one. There was a guy on the planes, Daniel, a familiar face that was throwing the rock at Auburn that uh, whenever you say this guy's name and say that he was in Auburn throwing the football, people get excited. How awesome is it, Daniel, that Cam Newton was able to come back and with his whole, you know, ain't not ain't 32 better than me, you know, campaign to, to really try to show people that he's still got the arm talent. He's still got the arm talent, folks. We saw it. It was on display. Daniel, how cool was it that Cam Newton was able to come back and throw to these guys and also get an opportunity for him to showcase? It was awesome.
3: Um, I, I watched uh, all the footage I could find of it. He still has a beautiful pass and just the confidence. I love it. Um, there was one play, I think he was throwing the shed, and he was like, keep going. I got you. Keep going. And they hit him right in the end zone. Um, and, you know, shed loves to be in the end zone, as we've already talked about here tonight. So I loved it, and I really hope something comes of it. I feel like that would be a really cool story, um, one that I will personally write. My uh, editor here, Alex Houston, is excited about that. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was really cool to see.
1: It's something interesting to keep an eye on. Dylan, you mentioned it earlier today about your thoughts that Cam Newton's probably not going back to the NFL, in your opinion. And, and I, I want to give you an opportunity here to kind of reiterate on that about how you agree there's not 32 better, but you also don't know that it, that it makes a ton of sense with his age, his skill set, and, and and the the beating that a dual-threat quarterback uh, takes throughout their career. Dylan, you said earlier today on the Auburn Daily Show that you understand where Cam's coming from, and, and you think it made perfect sense for him to work out with Auburn and, and find out you agree there's not 32 better. Just reiterate for everybody here, why is Cam Newton not going to be on an NFL roster in 2023? Right.
2: So Cam Newton uh, It's not going to be. there's not me uh, making fun or talking very low of Cam Newton. If you yeah, know me hurts you to say this. Yeah. If you know me, I love Cam Newton more than anybody in this world. More than likely. I followed him to the NFL for God's sake. I have a statue of him in my room. Uh, Cam is 33 years old. He is part of a breed of quarterbacks that take a lot of hits. The dual threat quarterback is very fun to watch. It's a flashy position. We saw it with the Michael Vick's of the world, but here's the thing about Michael Vick. Uh, Off-field off issues kind of killed, derailed his career for the long run, but it, it was such a high, it was such a short prime, and it just kind of came and went. You loved it when it happened, and you, you miss it when it's gone. Uh, something's going on with Cam Newton. Uh, he's 33. He was injury-prone when he played at Carolina. That's put most of the blame on carolina's health staff who just rushed him, put got guy back on the field as soon as possible because they didn't really have a good backup Derek anderson was never that dude uh to fill that role of cam newton and that's why they just put it back on the field and then he got hurt again and then he was out for the season and then that became the trend after 2017 that's why cam's not going to play again uh he might If he takes up a role for like a XFL, USFL, you know, why not? That's you getting back on the field. That's you playing football again. It's not like he's really needing – he doesn't really need the paycheck. He just wants to play the game. But I look at it – thirty. I look at all 32 teams. I I can find several teams. Las Vegas is one I made fun of earlier. They are a team that I think are in desperate need of a quarterback because Jimmy Garoppolo is not that guy. Houston, another another team like that. Uh, You got Tampa Bay. Uh, which would absolutely kill me to see him in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey. But Same. <laughs> that, yeah, it hurts me more than it hurts you, Daniel. Believe me, it hurts me way more. But I'm sure, <laughs> but it, there's no one's going to sign an injury prone quarterback who's hitting 35. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks don't make it to 35. Uh, you don't have these uh, weirdos like uh, your Tom Brady's, your uh, Ben Roethlisberger's. who are. Aaron Rodgers, I bring up Ben Roethlisberger because a lot of Steelers fans didn't want him to play till he was 35. They wanted him gone. There it is. Before he was uh, probably around 32. It's me. Hi.
1: <laughs> I'm the problem. It's me. That, that's
2: that's just the case. Uh, you you want to see Cam Newton succeed. I, I I still think he put up Hall of Fame numbers and I think the back half of his career really hurt his chances of getting in and he knows that. He wants to get in. He thinks he's deserving of the Hall of Fame. I mean, he. He carried a team, not just Auburn to a championship, but he carried a pretty mediocre Carolina offense to the Super Bowl. And whether or not that Super Bowl might have been rigged for Peyton Manning to go out on top, we'll never know for sure. But oh that that's just the case with Cam Newton. He, he won't be on an NFL roster unless someone just wants to pick up another flashy uh, free agent pickup that Carolina did two years ago.
1: I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head here. For our, as far as football news, that that's that's where we're at for today, guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep moving because I know Daniel's gotta hop on, uh, on 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 another show. Today, WWEGL, Yeah. Awesome. Great. Go check out WWEGL, by the way. Great podcast, ton of fun. One last little piece of news before we hop into men's basketball, because I know Daniel literally called me at 10 30 last night and somehow I didn't see it because my phone is I don't know. Anyways, uh the, he's so excited to talk about uh, a tall hashtag tall guard, tall guard, tar, tall guard. <laughs> uh, I do want to go ahead and put it out there, Jamarion in print and, and Quotes, Fat, P-H-A-T, incredible nickname. Uh, Fat Burnett will be committing on Friday. We will make sure that if, if he commits to Auburn, Dylan and I will hit a little react um, to his his commitment to Auburn. It sounds like it's between the Tigers and FSU. So we'll, we'll we'll see how that shakes out. Get ready for a Cruton Sunday. The Tigers are hitting the trail hard. Dylan and I need to get behind the mic and talk some Cruton. We actually need to hop on FaceTime and talk some Cruton so we can both get back on the same page. Because we were rolling for a while there, and we, we really need to get back into it. But we're getting excited to talk hashtag Trouton Sundays. So let's go over to the hardwood real quick. No men's basketball is on, 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 you know, done for the year. And and we're now looking forward to 23-24 Auburn men's basketball. Rather, we will give you guys an update as to where everybody stands on the Sunday show for the March Madness t- uh, bracket challenge. That is still very much in effect. You can still win tickets, to free tickets to 8 and a, a really, really dope Auburn hat. So don't worry. We're not taking that away. But, Daniel, I'm going to go ahead and let you open this up about some transfer targets that you're very, very excited about. Let's start with Denver Jones out of FIU. Oh, yes. So I'm very, very high on Denver Jones.
3: Ever since he was a JUCO product, I've just – really liked his shot. I've liked his frame. And last year for the Panthers, um, FIU Panthers, that is, he put up 21, 20.1 points per game, 3.8 rebounds, two assists, shot 47.8% from the field, 37.1% from three, and 84.5% from the line. Those numbers are music to my ears, and I haven't even gotten to the best part about this guy. He is 6'4". Yes, you heard me right. Six 6'4 guard. That is 6 inches taller than Wendell Green Jr. That is 5 inches taller than K.E. Johnson.
1: Doo, 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 I love doo, doo.
3: those guys. I love those guys. Don't get me wrong, but there's just something about seeing a guy who's 5'10", 5'11", my height,
1: Daniel standing. <laughs> For those <laughs> like, of you listening to the audio version, Daniel just stood up to give some uh, some some scale.
3: Like I just seeing someone my height try to drive the lane on someone Janai Broom's height. It just I can't imagine that ever went well in practice. So it obviously didn't go well in games because we're not playing anymore. Yeah. So yes, tall guards are the way to go. I'm sorry, Coach. I'm sorry, Bruce. I know you love your small guards, but this is the way the game's going.
1: And I think that we, we know that with with the addition of the, 20, the class of twenty four, uh, Aiden Holloway, and and, and things of that nature, we know that it's headed Lamar <laughs> yeah, and Phylon. Yeah, uh, phylon. and Pilon. Think guy, guys like that. Man, that twenty four class, man, holy hell. Anyways, that's that's another story for another time. And when we get into the down season, and 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 the dog days of summer, when when we don't have live games going on, I just want y'all to know that I will have a seat, an episode dedicated to just praising this twenty four class. Dylan, opportunity here for to talk a little bit about Jaquan Walton out of Wichita State, 6'7, 206. I'll let you go ahead and talk about why you like this kid. And and I and then and then we'll let we'll dismiss Daniel for him to go talk some WWE D L um soon to be Darion Goborn talk.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So uh Jaquan Fulton or Walton, sorry. Uh I, I've kind of just been dipping my toes in the water to the transfer portal rumors. Uh he's a guy that I don't fully know how True, it is that he might be coming to Auburn, but people are very hyped about it. He's coming from Wichita State. He played at Georgia, which, you know, there's another Georgia guy in the in the portal that we might suspect might be on his way to the Plains. Tyrell
1: uh, Quindo, hello. Uh,
2: former uh, uh, teammate of one, Katie Johnson, and also a former teammate of one, Jaquan Walton. Six foot seven, 206 pound forward, 13.9 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, shot 53... Pr- uh, 53% from the field, uh, field, which on average is like shot four from four for nine on, in a game. Uh, he came off the bench. That's kind of what happens, but 78% from the free throw line. Uh, you bring in a guy who can kind of replace the production you got with Jay Will. Uh, he, uh, we've assuming Jay Will leaves, assuming he leaves, which we just need to have a list of all the potential departments coming up.
1: That's coming up on the Tuesday episode next week. What Auburn yeah. basketball is going to look like in 2023,
2: 24. Yeah. Uh, as far as we know, only one guy is heading out and it's Zeb Jasper. Well, that's all we know. That's all <laughs> for, we can say. But... That's all we can say for now, at least. <laughs> uh but Jaquan Walton brings a lot of talent. Uh, you know, he replaces a potential opening with J. Will. And don't let the minutes or the points per game fool you. I mean, Auburn had plenty of success bringing their transfers who didn't start on their respective first teams. Uh, if you remember one of them, uh, he's currently leading all rookies in blocks in the NBA. So don't let that fool you. And let's not forget, Wichita State's a basketball school. Uh, yeah. they, they breed athletes on the court. Wichita State. But uh, just two guys uh keep your ear out for because Auburn might be gunning for a lot of transfers, especially because they're only bringing in one guy from Class of 23, it seems, with Aiden Holloway. So, you know, bring in more uh, experienced individuals, and maybe this 2023-2024 team is going to make a, another run.
1: Don't disagree. D- Daniel, I'm going to give you an opportunity before you go over to WWEGL to go ahead and give us your prediction for Auburn softball before we get to that here in just a moment, and then tell everybody where to find you, love you, listen to you.
3: I think Auburn takes two out of three this weekend. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. You can catch my written work for The Observer, any Auburn student media outlet. And if you've seen my nameplate on Zoom, now the Auburn Wire, a USA Today property. That one's brand new. So you can go check out what I've written so far. Mainly doing recruiting there. So it's been a a good time.
1: Right on. Daniel, we'll see you on the Sunday episode. Go have fun on WWGL. We're going to talk women's basketball. So we'll move and groove. Dylan, let's, let's keep moving forward as Daniel heads out of the Zoom call. Let's talk Auburn women's basketball for a minute here. All right, let's just be honest here. Good year for Auburn women's basketball, by the way. A great year. I, I don't want anything that I'm about to say to take away from how impressive this year was, given the adversity that this team battled. And I do not change my grade on Coach J. I do not change my faith on Coach Jay. But this roster is falling apart. And let me tell you what we know. Well, I'm going to start with what we know, Dylan, and then we'll go with what we think and we'll go with what we think that that means. We'll go in that order. All right. What we know, Sonia Wells and Sha'Kala Johnson entered their names in the transfer portal as of, as, as of this, the time of tape uh, on Wednesday, Wednesday night at 10 PM Eastern time. We know that honestly, Scott Grayson's gone. She's out of eligibility. She's beat that horse to death. And, and in my opinion, she's going to the league. I really, I really do. I think she's going to the league. Romy Levy and Precious Johnson. This is where we're getting to the we think part of this roster. We think Romy Levy and Precious Johnson are no longer with the program. We think that they are amongst a couple of others that are no longer going to be with this program, which leaves your returning starters or not start. Well, I guess you're if you someone's got to be on the court, your returning key players to be Sidney Shaw, Aisha Koulibaly, and Caitlin Duhan. Marshawn Bostic. My apologies. Don't know how I left her off that list. Marshawn Bostic. Of those four, the only two that you and I are comfortable—tell me if I'm wrong—the only two that you and I are comfortable saying will be on this roster in 2023 are Sydney Shaw and Marshawn
2: Bostic. Yeah. Wow. It's a it's a tough look. It's definitely a tough look. Uh, and you also got to you bringing bring, in, bring in back Carson McFadden as well. Uh, who... There's might. your only
1: other scholarship athlete that's coming back.
2: Yeah, might be getting starting minutes, uh, depending on how this offseason goes. Do you, do you have a number on how many uh, recruits are coming in from the Class of 23?
1: I don't have a number in front of me right now, but at this point, it's going to have to be at least four. Four or five. So... Let me let me let me talk a little bit about what I think think this means, Dylan, and then you interpret this as you will. And if you copy paste, that's fine. If you I'm, I'm, we're on the same page for a lot, so you, no one's going to judge you. <laughs> this means a couple of things. Number one, Johnny Harris is not afraid of anything, and she's going to bet on herself this year. We know from sources close to the program that there were some attitude issues within the roster this year. I'm not necessarily going to name names. There's no need to. I just named the list of the of the young ladies that'll be on this, on this, uh, that won't be with this team in 2023. Outside of honesty, Scott Grayson, nobody's safe. So you do your own process of elimination, but I will go ahead and give protection to Sonia Wells because I think she's just doing what's best for her. We know that there was some lack of belief in the program and, and what Johnny Harris's staff is doing. And that's not coach Jay's fault. I want to put that out there. A lot. Most of these folks are not Johnny Harris recruits. As a matter of fact, the only ones I think that that she's going to lose are, are Caitlin Duhan and Jaquela Johnson. Jaquela Johnson leaves that whatever it happens. Caitlin Duhan really wasn't a huge factor coming down the stretch. I thought she may have put herself in that position in the early going shook out the way that it did. And she wasn't. I think this means that coach J believes in what she can do in the transfer portal, which when you've got an offer for every single one of your scholarship athletes have a, a, an NIL deal with On to victory, you should feel pretty good about your chances. It means that she believes in what her recruiting trajectory looks like. And it means that she thinks that this is in the best interest of the program. I'm not saying this is all on coach J shoving people out the door. There's certainly going to be a combination of, the 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 organization and the program saying, "Hey, look, there's, you're just not in the cards," and players thinking that this isn't the right spot for them. I want to go ahead and say it now, Auburn fans. It is not okay to be critical of of the reasons that these that any of these players are leaving. It's it's the same way with any sport. We're going to talk later in the week about a, a young man who's leaving the Auburn football program that kind of took us all by surprise, and we're just going to tell you that we're surprised about it. We're not going to tell you that he made the wrong decision or the Q freeze pushed him out the door. So I want you guys to keep us keep, stay with me here. It is very, very interesting. I'm not going to use the word concerning yet, Dylan. It is very interesting to see how this is going right now before the late portal period opens. You're going to get another portal period throughout the summer at the beginning of the year, which means that you've got to really be moving and grooving, but I actually have a lot of confidence that this is in the best interest of the program, Dylan, how do you interpret this for lack of a better term, house cleaning?
2: I mean, I just kind of see it as you know uh, when you come to a come to a school because you like a coach, you kind of get a little bummed out whenever that coach is gone, no, no matter how poorly they performed or whether or not they went to a different uh, uh, job you're you're bummed out because you feel like they kind of gave up on you or they just kind of gave up on the person that recruited you uh th- that's just the lay of the land in uh in sports if if your coach is gone there's a good chance you're gone too but a lot of these girls stuck with coach Jay and maybe they're also seen not seen as particularly the what's the uh the players in mind for coach Jay uh, a lot of these girls, it could be they were told, hey, you're probably not going to get very many minutes with uh, so-and-so coming. I looked it up. I got two recruits right now, uh, T- Tamia Thurman and Savannah Scott, who have already signed with the Tigers. Both are centers, uh, 165, 164. Uh, you, with Precious Johnson potentially leaving the team, I mean, with two centers coming in who are both 6'5 and 6'4 and highly touted. There's uh, no minutes. There's no minutes for Precious Johnson. So you gotta look at it from like, uh, well, maybe it makes sense for her to to leave, um, and maybe Sania Wells didn't see herself as starting next year. Uh, then she she kind of like lost her starting spot this year, uh, or last year, whichever year. Uh, and same so thing with Jacale Johnson. Maybe she wasn't fine with coming off the bench next year. That that's just how the sport goes. It's, it's a business now. It's no longer just you're committed to a team just to play for that team. It it's now a I'm trying to get my name out there because I'm trying to make money with you know Nil trying to get my name out there for uh WNBA that's all this is nowadays it's a business more than anything else
1: and I don't that's neither I don't I don't want to make it sound like we're, we're swaying it one way or the other I'm a huge proponent of the Nil uh and and I actually love the way the transfer portal works if it's in the best interest of these kids it's in the best interest of these kids and and then so be it uh but it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out I've actually got a lot of confidence in, in coach coach Jay it sounds like she's aware that her job's very, very safe at Auburn. And if this is what it takes to have the full-on, full-brain rebuild where you're getting all the, the, you know, hashtag let's get to work kind of ladies, uh, you've got my full permission to do so. And if this means a slight regression in 23, so be it. I don't think there will be a drop-off. I think you'll be very surprised by the transfer portal. As a matter of fact, I feel quite, quite confident in saying so. But something to monitor going forward. Let's talk a little more women's sports. Let's talk Auburn softball. And their must-win, in my opinion, must-win series over Missouri. You've gotten knocked around the past two weekends. It's time to leave uh, that Sunday game. Even if you lose Sunday and you win 2-3, or whatever that looks like, it's time to walk away from a series feeling good, Dylan. Talk to me about how Auburn does that.
2: Uh you you win the series. That's that's uh about as much as you can really say. Win the games. Uh but you gotta get more confidence behind the behind the plate. You gotta uh, both plates really on the mound. Uh you kinda got raked uh against Oklahoma and you you gave up two late losses to Northwestern. You lost the first series you played to Georgia. It's just been a tough uh week and a half stretch for softball. You had you had a whole week to get ready. You, you didn't have to play on Friday. You don't got to play on Friday. You get uh, Friday off, you get to play Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You go into this, Missouri's not the best team in the SEC. They're far from it. You look at it as, you don't want to say a tune-up game, but it get right series is what this confidence is. Confidence builder. Confidence builder. Use this. Get Nelia Peralta uh, hitting balls over the fence on the first pitch uh, and get that uh, happening more. It's happened a lot. Uh, get Brie Ellis back hitting the Brie bombs. Uh, we haven't seen one of those in a hot minute, it feels like. And you need uh, Pinta. You need Low. You need uh, Wild- Wildra. You know all those girls. Wildra. Wildra, sorry. Uh, Annabelle. Sne- Sneaky L in the name. Uh <clears throat> You need all those girls back feeling confident in themselves. Uh, Maddie Penta, just went on a stretch where she went from 11 and zero as a pitcher to 11 and three. You got to right. get some wins back. Uh, that uh, confidence is key in every sport. It's, it's the key in life. You got to have it to succeed. You got to get it. The series from what coming from one known
1: so, slow pitch softball pitching legend, Dylan Lark to um, a known pitching legend, Maddie Penta. She got to get your moxie back. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, Awesome power set of base. You gotta have your mojo, and uh, I mean, I know that's a weird connection, but I think it's kind of true. You just gotta get get your mojo, man, and and, yeah. and see the ball. Not doesn't even have to leave the yard. But you got to see the ball fall in places where the other team's just not able to field it, and and you got to see some clean defensive efforts to know that you can play that kind of softball. This team can. Yeah, they and just need to see it happen.
2: Even Austin Powers got back without even getting his mojo back. He he regained it himself. Didn't even exactly vial got thrown, got broken. He lost all of it, but he got it back himself. And that's just what the Auburn Softball needs to do.
1: The fact that we just drew it out an analogy of Austin Powers to Auburn Softball. I did not have that on my bingo card, but here we are. Yeah, baby. Yeah. For those of you who have never <laughs> never watched the College Loop, I want you to know this is unscripted. We have, a, we have a, an outline of things in, in order so we can just not go brain dead about the topics. But we've never once written out, I've definitely never written out, compare Auburn Softball to Austin Powers losing his mojo. As Dylan adds it to the run bound (laughs) because he's a loser. Another team that really, really needs to see themselves be able to play to that level. Dylan, let's, let's flip the other side of the diamond talk. Auburn baseball here for a second before we get out. And I'm just going to go and give, if it's okay with you, I'm going to break down. You you talk softball and and football. I'm going to, I'm going to break down baseball here for a second here. Good night, Jogo. Jogo, please come back. Please get healthy. Uh, Look like yourself. That's important. The bullpen needs help, but most importantly, Get hits early, get on base. It doesn't matter if you don't push them across. I mean, we'll talk about the problem of leaving runners on base later. I mean, that is a problem for this Auburn team this year. But don't rely on the same four guys to get on base. I mean, Justin Kirby and Bryson Ware can't do it alone. They need help, and it's it's one of those one of those occasions you got. I mean, just just absolutely molly rocked by Arkansas last week, and and, and you know what? Maybe you needed that. You get right against South Alabama, great back in the wind column, continuing that perfect stretch in the midweek. Excuse me. I had a hiccup. Your bullpen work needs to be average before it can be good. Your plate appearances need to be average before they can be good. Because Dylan, I'll go and say it right now, and I know we're we're, going to get quoted for this, but so I'll make sure this is as well articulated as possible. We have entered the threshold of the danger zone of Auburn baseball, maybe not being good. And, and I, I, I hate to say that. I don't mean this as a. I'm praying on their downfall. You, you know, I'm not. But I'm concerned at the lack of ability to be competitive in the in these weekend series. Yeah, and, and and dropping. I mean, softball and baseball have kind of had this similar kind of roller coaster ride to this point, right? Yeah, where they're kind of both in the danger zone, but baseball specifically. Where you're like, okay, you got to go back and pick up a win in a series against Georgia at home. You're playing a rival. It'll be a packed house. The weather's supposed to be great this weekend. There's no excuse to not get right, except for the fact that you're banged up. I know you're banged up, but you got to find a way to stay at 500 when you're hurt. If you're at 500 when you're hurt, you'll be above 500 when you're healthy. That's just basic math. <laughs> basic logic. And, and, and Auburn's just got to find a way to get creative. I don't know if that means play small ball. I really don't have the offensive solution. If I did, I'd probably be working for Butch Thompson. But you, you've got to kind of change up your plate approaches. If that means you need to switch the order up a little bit, so be it. Uh, just don't move Justin Kirby. <laughs> other, other than that, or in uh, Ike Irish. But you got to change your approach, Dylan. And thoughts?
2: I mean, you look at the season, how, how it's gone through. Auburn's are off hot. Uh, until, you know, injury started piling up. And uh, uh, Lindsey Crosby said it best, uh, well, he reported it, uh, I believe today, that you might be losing your best pitcher for up to six weeks. Yeah. And looking at it from that point of view, uh, you've Tommy Vale, who's been probably the best pitcher we've seen this season outside of Jogo. And- Tommy
1: Vale and Connor Copeland are your only other options. <laughs>
2: And it, it's been because uh, Joe has been unable to go, if you will. Uh, right. Uh, you kind of – you got to look to those guys. You got to look to Vail. Uh, you got to – hopefully you get Ike Irish to put a little bit more air on that ball. But he's a line drive hitter because Auburn, Auburn needs some uh, some, some runs. Pop. Yeah, they, they need something going for them. Last year, whenever the pitching rotation wasn't playing so hot, you still had Sonny Shara. At the plate, you know, cranking 90s over the, over the fence. Uh, that got to, they got said the softball. Softball hasn't been dealing with as many injuries as baseball have has. Thank the Lord for that. And it's the same thing though. They got to find them. They got to find their mojo in the same sense the softball needs to regain their mojo. Sure, it's of that same thing because so, baseball doesn't really have an identity right now without Joseph Gonzalez. Perfect. And baseball is all about having identity.
1: Perfect way to sum it up. They have a three-game set, like I mentioned, with UGA. So the Deep South's oldest rivalry, baseball version. If you're in Auburn, go check, uh, go watch some baseball this weekend. It's going to be beautiful. Um, so make sure you enjoy the weather. It's going to actually be nice during the day. It might be cold in the night game, uh, but it's actually going to be nice on Saturday, Sunday. But barring this rain holds off, that may or may not be coming through the southeast. It keeps trying to change its mind. Very busy weekend on the Plains, just like it always is in the spring with basketball not being here, though. It's, you got some free time, and uh, I know you'll be watching March Madness. We'll make sure we update everybody that's competing in the March Madness Bracket Challenge on Sunday. We'll tell everybody where they stand and start reaching out to people that look like they may wind up winning this thing, man. we got some people with a lot of points left on the board. We've got some smart cookies. Uh, the the uh, What is it? the Full Moon Smart Cookie Challenge? We've got some smart cookies on the College Loop Bracket Challenge. I'm Harrison Tar. at by Harrison Tar on Twitter. You can find all of my written work at the Auburn daily. That's at the Auburn Daily.com. I've got, I've got a lot of football co- content coming out soon. Women, women's athletics, always there. NFL draft analysis coming up, and Dylan and I are getting on the Cruton trail this week right here on the College Loop. That's every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. We also are going to be talking a little Cruton next week, more than likely, I don't know, I'm just taking an educated guess here, on the Auburn Daily Show. You can catch me on the Auburn Daily Show every Wednesday and Friday, Wednesday with Dylan Lark, Friday with Lindsey Crosby. If you're watching the YouTube version, make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell, put in the comments, let us know how you think Auburn baseball or Auburn softball can get back into that rhythm that they need to be in if you're butch thompson if you're mickey dean what are you telling your guys and gals and how does auburn get right until then thank you guys so much for listening to the college loop this is i'm gonna let dylan lark do his little shtick and tell you guys that we don't have a certain social media platform as maya makes a cameo appearance hello maya good what a good girl
2: dylan take us home all right well there goes maya uh, she got her little five seconds of fame. But, yeah, I'm Dylan Lark at Yabula Tank on Twitter. That is at Y-A-B-O-I, the tank. Also catch me on the Auburn Daily Show every Monday and Wednesday, Monday with Lance Daw. Catch the last episode where we previewed uh, Auburn Pro Day and then catch my Wednesday episode with Harrison Tar where we reviewed Auburn Pro Day. Just hit it, watch them back-to-back. You can watch me be wrong about a lot of players. <laughs> but uh, also, College Loop, remember, it comes out every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, and we are literally everywhere. If you want to follow us, we are on Spotify, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. Sorry, we're not Apple Music quite yet. Uh we're still finding that a musical ability. Wait Google till Podcast. we drop the album though.
1: It's gonna go crazy.
2: <laughs> Amazon music and social media you can find us on YouTube. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe again. Uh you got Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. But sadly, we have no MySpace quite yet.
1: And we don't have a Snapchat. What the heck? And we don't
2: have a Snapchat either. Don't imagine. Don't add don't add to the bit.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. Just imagine.
2: <laughs> but all that being said, it's been the Call of Blue Podcast.